From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, Jr. today is Inauguration Day at the state capitol, with Democrat Tony Evers being sworn in as Wisconsin's new governor. We've been talking a lot in the past few weeks about the Republican-controlled legislature passing the lame duck bills to limit his authority. What are the biggest challenges Evers is going to face in the first few months? The first key test for him is going to be announcing his budget. Traditionally, governor gives a state-of-the-state address in January. We're watching for that, and that'll set some of the the tone about his what looking to do, uh, his vision for the first year. But that budget will be a document that lays out his priorities and puts a number to them. So we're looking for that document to see where is he putting money, um, what he wants to do in terms of priorities. It'll say a lot about how Tony Evers plans to govern. Now, the flip side is um, he also has to navigate a Republican-controlled legislature to get that budget done, and they've made quite clear that they're not going to do some things he wants to do. So how does that influence the document? Does does he moderate it? Does he say the heck with it and go for broke with what I want to do and then we'll figure things out down the road? I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities right now that we're watching to see how does Tony Evers put that document together and, and how Republicans receive it. Uh, speaking of which, Evers said last week he wouldn't rule out vetoing the entire state budget if Republicans completely ignore his proposal and decide to write their own plan. What is the likelihood of that happening? It just depends because governors in Wisconsin have a partial veto authority that is one of the strongest in the country, if not the strongest. You can really rewrite a document that has a spending component to it with that power. And so the question is, how creative can Evers be with that power to change Republicans do to his liking? Um, then, assume they go to a veto override vote, and I'm sure Democrats would likely hold with their governor and uh, governor of their party and, and hold his vetoes. but. If Evers can use that partial veto authority to the extent that he can make it more likable, that might be his best bet because if he vetoes the entire thing, you know, what are they going to do differently? Um, so you got to watch how that plays out uh, in the weeks and months ahead. Meanwhile, outgoing Governor Scott Walker raised some eyebrows late last week when he told the AP that he wouldn't rule out another run for public office again, maybe even a run for governor in four years. This would potentially set up a rematch between him and Evers. Or, Walker mentioned, he may run for U.S. Senate if Republican Ron Johnson keeps his promise to only hold two terms and retires in 2022. Did it surprise you that Walker still has his eye on public office, or did you think he might fade away from the spotlight? No, it confirms what people have been kind of suspecting for a while, that Governor Walker would find a way to stay involved. I mean, um... I've often said that Scott Walker is one of the most political people I've ever met. And I don't mean that in a bad way. He's just, he eat, lives, and breathes politics. He's been in public office since his early 20s. It's really the only job he's known in his adult life is collecting their check to work for the state assembly, his Milwaukee County executive, or his governor. So leaving that life is difficult. This is what he knows. So people have kind of assumed that he'd find some way to, to do something. The question was what? And he you know, raised a prospect of running in, in four years. Uh, we'll see if that comes to fruition. He also said that you know, the Republicans want a fresh face. But we'll see, and if, with Walker making noise about this, it it might freeze the field a little bit. Now, now, granted, we're three and a half years away, almost four, from the election, but it might have some people hold back about getting behind anybody until they see what Walker does. And that's what fascinating to watch is he's raises raises possibility 
Now, what does he do to either confirm it or put it to bed when it comes to crunch time? Another development last week, Tony Evers named some more cabinet members. One is Andrea Palm from the Obama administration to head the Wisconsin Department of Health Services. He also named Democratic State Representative Peter Barca, Democratic State Senator Caleb Frostman, and a couple of top staffers from when he was DPI secretary to cabinet positions. Do you think any of these picks may have a hard time being confirmed by the state Senate? Good question. The only one we've really seen draw any kind of blowback so far has been Craig Thompson at Transportation, and that's because he has worked for a group that's advocated for revenue increases for um, transportation, including the possibility of a gas tax hike. So there are some Republicans who aren't happy about that. The question kind of becomes, would they really want to reject um, cabinet pick? Because this is Governor-elect Evers, it's his cabinet. It's it, the people he wants to be in charge of the agencies. It's, it, are they really going to defy him having somebody he's chosen be part of his cabinet? I'm not sure it's going to play out just yet, but something to watch. And finally, it looks like there might be some common ground between Tony Evers and a couple of Republican lawmakers on an issue that's been kicking around for a long time but has never come to fruition. Republican Representative Jim Ott and GOP State Senator Alberta Darling once again began circulating for co-sponsors last week a bill that would make first offense drunken driving a crime, punishable by up to 30 days in jail. Evers also mentioned last week that he wants to criminalize first offense drunken driving. So they're on the same page. What do you think are the chances that the legislature will pass such a bill? You know, the whole of those bills for years has been uh, opposition from some groups, including Tavern League and also the cost. Because if you're going to up the penalties for drunk driving, you're going to put more people behind bars, which requires more space to hold them, or alternatives to incarceration um, for others. And Tony Evers has expressed an interest in reducing the state's prison population. So how do you make those goals mesh? That I don't know, uh, but it'll be a matter of resources and space will play into that, that debate as it goes forward. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.